Welcome to a special bonus episode of Cinemaholics. I'm John Negroni, as usual, film editor at In Between Drafts, and this is a special one. This is one that I think all of you listeners have been hungry for for quite a while because, as you might have noticed on our Banshees of Inisherin review, that we didn't talk about the menu, we didn't even talk about She Said. Well, at least one of those movies is finally going to get crossed off our list, and I have a very special guest to help me do it because Will, Will Ashen, he, he wasn't hungry. Uh, he was a little bit full, so he didn't, <laughs> he didn't catch the menu, but... Uh, we do have somebody who who saved room for the dessert that is the Cinemaholics podcast. All right, I'll stop with the food puns. No, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. These are these are all improvised too. I'm supposed to be, we're supposed to be into the review by now. Um, okay, so she is an entertainment and health reporter at the Desert Sun. She is a fellow Hollywood Critics member and a contributor at Next Best Picture. It's Emma Sasek. Welcome back to Cinemaholics, Emma. So great to have you back. Thank you so much. I'm so ready to eat. Let's get going. (laughs) Same here. I I definitely, um, you know, have been wanting to have you on ever since we had you for Tatan last year. Yeah, it's been a long time. That was a great convo. I feel like we really covered that movie and uh, I think totally different this time. Very much so. Yes, we still have like some things that we can't necessarily spoil with this film and definitely with Titan, but I'm very excited to dive into this one. Yeah, one of these days we'll have you on for something that's like not as like <laughs> hard to spoil, you know? Um, <laughs> now, before we do review the movie, we're going to get into it. It's going to be hopefully a good time. I, I do want to kind of ask you because you and I were in the middle, like we're in the full swing of award season. It's this is the week of Thanksgiving. I know I've got lots of my to do list. How's it going for you? How's the, the screener season going for you these days? I definitely have a lot still to catch up on. It's crazy because I feel like I have been keeping up as well as I can with all of the films that have come out so far this year. Um, But somehow there are still so many more left over. Tomorrow I'm actually going to go see Glass Onion and The Fablemans as well later this weekend. And, you know, I'm still trying to catch movies like After Sun, Bardo, for example, uh, and then later later in december we have avatar so it just feels like it's never stopping but that's Mm -hmm. okay because i enjoy this work (laughs) i do too i definitely have been wondering i've been starting to do some comparisons between this year's award season and last year's Mm -hmm. and at first i was kind of thinking to myself like is this year not as good as last year or have i just not caught up on some really great stuff i think it's the latter because i did see fablemans last night okay and so i'm starting to get one over i'm going to be seeing after sun pretty soon i'm behind on that yeah there there's just so much Uh, bardo i still haven't seen as well and glass onion so i i think i just need to calm down you know what movie though i really want to see and i feel like i'm probably not gonna be able to see till the end of december Mm -hmm. is white noise have you seen yeah, that one yet? I have not either. And I feel like I, I mean, I was at AFI Film Fest um, in Los Angeles a few weeks ago, and there were a lot of films that I really wanted to see, um, but didn't get a chance to, such as She Said and The Fablemans, but I will soon be rectifying one of them. One has already <laughs> been rectified, right. but I was kind of surprised that a film like White Noise, for example, didn't play there, even though it's definitely played and shown in a few other previous film festivals and i was honestly kind of surprised that babylon for example didn't play at any of the film festivals because i know damien chazelle has a great history with so many different films premiering at film festivals so it was Mm -hmm. kind of interesting that that one was not following that trend but i guess you know 
seeing all the reviews that have come out for that film, it still makes me excited to see it. I always like to go into a movie as open-ended as possible, or excuse me, with an open mind as possible, just because, you know, it might work for somebody, it might not work for somebody else. So it's interesting to see where you fall in that scale. I couldn't agree more. And I'm very excited to hopefully see like what your favorite movies of the year are so far, because for me, I don't know yet. I think like the movies in contention for my favorite of the year are are all movies that are like way behind us, like from the summer and the spring. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, oh, am I about to watch my favorite movie of the year in the next month? So I'm kind (laughs) of like, I'm waiting, you know? And yeah, there are a few movies I could hit that. Babylon's one of them, although I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's Giselle. I, I've liked all of his movies, but um, this one, I, I, they were doing uh, invites for in LA, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't make it because I'm all the way up here in, I know. in San Francisco, and so I'm in Palm Springs wait. too. So yeah, even though, drive, huh? even though I'm closer than you are in San Francisco, it definitely the traffic just kind of bars me from doing it, and also my mm-hmm. full time job. It's hard to squeeze a lot of these screenings that happen. Yeah, it's a, not just first world problems, you know, it's like first first world problems, yeah, kind of like really the problems is. that people are having in this movie too, because maybe that's where segue <laughs> in. Um, all right, well, uh, so the menu, the menu, this is a new film directed by Mark Mylod and written by Seth Rice and Will Tracy. So Mark Mylod, he's much better known for his really prolific television work. Most notably, I think, Game of Thrones and Succession. Uh, I I know Will always holds me to the fire on this, but I've never really watched Succession. Are you a fan, Emma? Uh, You know what? I've seen the first two seasons. I can't say that I was really that invested in the show. I know a lot of people will probably be mad hearing that. (laughs) Well, you're doing much better than me because I haven't seen an episode. But yeah, um, I think he, he has made films, though. I had to double check this because I was like, has he ever actually directed a movie or has he just like worked on them? And he did. I looked it up and he he did a movie called What's Your Number in 2011. I actually it's, saw that film. You saw that one? Okay. I did. It, it stars Anna Ferris and Chris Evans and it's a rom-com. I I don't know how I missed this one. I mean, I, this should have been right up my alley. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe you could do your mini review of that one later. But for the menu, uh, <laughs> this is a vastly different film. From a lot of the stuff he's done before, it's a dark comedic thriller. Some people have been calling it more of a dark comedy. I don't know if I call it, want to call it a comedy, but you know, tastes may vary. Uh, right. But I do think it is comedic. I was laughing. Um, <laughs> uh, I do, like I said before, I, I really want us to avoid spoiling anything that isn't in the trailer because I think a lot of the fun of this movie is really having not much of an idea where the story is really going. Like you get the sense that maybe something kind of dark is going on, but. I definitely want to like save that morsel of surprise for the actual film if you decide to watch it. Uh, and then maybe later on, you and I can talk a little bit more about some stuff. But we'll have like a little spoiler dessert course or something like that. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Um, so this movie uh, follows Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. Uh, they're about to board a ferry to a prestigious, fancy restaurant on a remote island where the staff all live there. They prepare the food from resources they foraged on the island itself and the waters around it uh, this restaurant's pretty much a mix of like several world famous restaurants like the french laundry here in northern california the willows inn in the pacific i think the pacific northwest 
Uh, I was going to ask you, Emma, because I know, you know, you do lots of stuff for the Desert Sun. I'm sure, you know, you've gotten to check out all kinds of restaurants, right? Am I assuming correctly? You are, you know, sometimes we do get some nice invites. Uh, actually, while I was watching this film and it, it's a multi-course menu and mm. that type of restaurant. And I actually, a few months ago, did get to attend one of those here in Palm Springs. And it was an experience. I have never attended something like that before and honestly to be invited to that I silly me I thought oh the media we're just probably gonna get here's a salad here is a chicken plate and here's like a ice cream and you can go bye-bye but it was we were treated (laughs) everything from caviar to like Icelandic cod to some filet mignon and I just kept asking myself like am I in the right spot like did I <laughs> did, did I, I accident- did I accidentally walk into this and just schmooze my way through all of this? <laughs> oh wow! Well, I I do have a question on those lines here in a second, but I uh, gotta say real quick, the head chef of this restaurant, this fictional one, of course, uh, we have Ray Fines who plays. He's kind of channeling his uh, Voldemort character again Very in much a weird so. way. Uh, he's <laughs> he's kind of a stern but also like theatrical celebrity chef who. He has uh, maybe some some plans for these guests that none of them are expecting. We also have Hong Chao, who plays the restaurant Major D. Loved her in Driveways, for example. And because this is such a, an expensive and exclusive restaurant, there are only a handful of guests. So those guests include a food critic played by Janet McTeer, who I assume Emma was, uh, you know, you, you saw yourself in the <laughs> character. That's how you were in this restaurant you were just discussing, right? Um, Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, we have John Leguizamo as a watched up actor. Uh, Judith Light, who I was uh, happy to see. I didn't know she was in this, uh, along with Reed Bernie as an estranged married couple. Yeah. Several more characters on top of that. It's a really good cast here. Really great ensemble. I and, agree. Everybody you know, really like just played it up and made it so enjoyable. Yes, they're they're all good ingredients to this, uh, this meal. <laughs> Uh, Taylor Joy, though, is our main point of view character because unlike the rest of them, she's an outsider to this upper class world. She wasn't originally invited or anything. She's kind of filling in as Nicholas Holt's date. And he is more of like a a fanboy foodie. He's uh, cultishly obsessed with the head (laughs) chef, uh, hilariously so, uh, like the rest of the staff at this restaurant. And so I'm sure we have plenty more to discuss about that. Again, like I I do want to talk about things like an ending and things like that. But for now, Let's just do like a, what's what's our an amuse bouche of this movie, uh, Emma. My first question for you, yes. in addition, of course, did you like this movie? What did you think of this movie? But also, are you a foodie? You know what i uh, I love to cook. I love to experiment in the kitchen and try something new every so often. So I would say that I am a bit of a foodie. I do follow you on Instagram and I have seen you post (laughs) meals on there. And the thing I like about it is you're usually sort of like, yeah, this one didn't work out. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like sometimes they didn't. I remember I put in so much effort for like an orange chicken dish one time and it just tasted like garbage and I'm not afraid to say it. But I definitely do love cooking. I love trying new cuisines. Anytime I am, you know, afforded uh, an opportunity to do so, I will take it. And it's one of the it's one of the many pleasures of life and things that I enjoy. So I 
went into this film with hungry eyes, hungry stomach, which was a bit of a problem because all of the food did pretty much look very good, except maybe a few courses uh, here or there. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> but I did, I did really enjoy this film. I thought it was very witty, very uh, funny, as you mentioned, although it definitely kept me on the edge of my seat because as the trailer will suggest, some things are not entirely right here. This is not a meal that uh, most people will be expecting. Um, so that was really fun. It was exciting to see how they played it up. And as I mentioned, this is a multi-course meal and I really enjoyed that they kind of break the story up into courses and chapters and different little vignettes happen in the, each one. So mm. I liked it. It really kept me on my toes for the most part. Um, and a fabulous cast that is led by none other than Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes, who they are very fun to watch kind of go against each other in a different sort of ways here. Yeah. I, 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 I gotta say, I loved the structure, like you said just the way that they split up the chapters was it was one of those things where I was like, huh, I'm surprised other movies haven't tried that before. Mm -hmm. uh, it really, it really works well. Uh, and you know what I was thinking um, while watching like the, the dynamic between Taylor joy and finds in this. Uh, so Margot and the name of the head chef is Julian Slovic. And, you know, you and I were talking off the air about how we had wanted you on to talk about, don't worry, darling, but we weren't able to work it out this is the dynamic that I wanted more of with yeah. the Florence Pugh and Chris Pine character yeah. where I was like, Oh, this is where that's headed. You know, we're going to have this like really good cat and mouse game. I thought this movie delivered on that a bit better um, by comparison. I don't know if you would agree on that. I would just because I feel like there were, they were afforded many more opportunities to actually have more scenes together in this right. film versus in don't worry, darling, where, you know, there would, any time Florence and Chris were together in a scene, it was so electric and you can just see it in the the eye contact that they're giving each other and just the the body language that they're exuding. And so that came much more to life here versus that other that other movie. Right. You know, there was so much potential for it and we only got a little bit of it. I was I, I was starving after. But I know. <laughs> even yeah. Also a similar movie with like the way that steak, you know, like I'll, I'll never forget. That was a real cinematic moment. <laughs> uh in this movie I had kind of the same thing. I was definitely feeling hungry while watching it. And you know, I, I think like the best part of this movie for me was really that first half where we're just sort of dumped into this location and we're rotating around the cast getting to know these different characters getting to know sort of what the stakes are and how everything works it it just flowed so well i i loved getting to know this setting and i thought you know this makes sense that mark mile would be good at this kind of like short form storytelling in a way because mm -hmm. he's done so well with it on television with a big ensemble cast making it feel like making it gel maybe and uh <laughs> yeah that was my favorite part of the movie the only thing about the movie that i think for me just wasn't as satisfying was like the last part of it, which I thought uh, I, I just did. I wasn't as um, I don't know, wowed by where it was going as much as I felt like the promise of the movie was headed for somewhere a bit more interesting, but I still liked it a lot. Like I, it ended and I was like, you know what? I, I definitely, I've been satiated. So yeah, no, I still feel, felt like it was a satisfying conclusion. Um, I think the way that we got to that conclusion though, I think if, I don't know. It was a little, not abrupt, but uh, for a second, I was 
I guess just a little confused in terms of how it was happening and why it was happening. Um, and this relates to Anya Taylor-Joy's character, once again, going up against Ray Fine's character. Um, so in a moment, you know, in that moment, I was a little confused, but you know what? I just ran with it. I rolled with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then it seemed to work out. So that was nice. And, um, you know, I will never look at s'mores the same way ever again. Yes. I don't think <laughs> this movie will ruin s'mores for you, but it will probably reignite your love of hamburgers potentially uh, i went i went to wendy's immediately after watching <laughs> this and ordered a junior oh, bacon wow. cheeseburger <laughs> i i can't blame you uh my wife and i right after went to a restaurant we really liked that's like right next to this theater in san francisco and uh yeah say a very different deal we ended up having kind of like a big like steak kind of thing because <laughs> they didn't they had a cheeseburger but we were like nah no nah, we had to do something a little we have different. to we have to be a little different here <laughs> but i do i i, I want to go back to the comment that you made about um how it goes to these different tables and introduces us to all of this interesting cast of characters that we have i really enjoyed that too and you know each time we dropped in on a conversation i felt like we just kept getting like more and more information about all of these people and maybe some of the dirty things in their past or some of the shady things that they are currently doing i really like that and even though obviously you're spending the most time with anya taylor joy nicholas holt ray fines you still get a nice flavor for all of these people and i thought that that was handled really well especially when you do have so many people in a film but you can't necessarily spend an equal amount of time with each person that's true yeah because I, I think that is an element of some of my disappointment because we spend so much time getting to know all of these individual characters all over the the room and it felt like toward the second half we were losing them a little bit they were mm. kind of getting lost in the background not as many scenes with them not as many moments with them it was really focused on Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes at a certain point. Mm -hmm. And I'm conflicted about it because on the one hand, I really like that material. I think that's where the movie was at its strongest. And I think the entire point was that the themes of this movie are about her. They're about him and this clash of class warfare and these this idea of when you make art or you create anything the way that people appreciate it can have an effect on you emotionally and mentally. And there's this idea of like, what, what part of society do you exist in and, and all of this stuff. And I thought this was really interesting, but then there were other elements where I was like, I don't know if I buy a lot of what's happening with, for example, the rest of the, the chefs here. And I was waiting for the movie to investigate that a little bit more to really bring us to a place where I understood why this was happening and I just, I don't think I ever got that. Maybe on a second watch, it would crystallize a bit better. But ultimately, it just felt like it was a premise that was just sort of like, <laughs> we'll just do this because that's more interesting and the movie has to happen. Yeah, I would I would have really enjoyed to have, I guess, learned a, learned a little bit more about the crew that was actually in the kitchen and why they are all 100% in on Chef Slowick's idea that he has for this evening. Um you know, we only really got to learn just a tiny little bit about one individual um, as it led up into one of the courses. And it was brutal. It was very tough to listen to and tough mm -hmm. to see what uh, came of all of it. Um, but, you know, it was 
it was just like one little bite that you get and and that's it you don't see anything else from the other chefs and it would have been kind of interesting just to know just a tiny little bit more about those people i did really enjoy hang shao in this film as elsa um again we don't really get to learn a whole bunch about her character but she right. does play this very I don't know, wickedly fun woman <laughs> who mm -hmm. is so sharp and just after these guests, uh, she just plays it so wonderfully. And it was a delight anytime she came up to somebody and just really like, just really gave it to them. <laughs> which for me is, I, I certainly liked that emotional reaction I had to the movie, which had me sort of think about where I've sort of been in this situation. So I've been a cook at a restaurant before. Oh, okay. But I've also been the diner at like these fancy places. And so I was sort of thinking to myself, like, am I a sellout? And, just like, <laughs> and that, that's cool. I think that it's, it's always fun when a movie can have that. And, uh, you know, there was a movie that I was thinking about a lot during this uh, for a lot of different reasons. I, th I think some people, and maybe this is a superficial comparison, but I, I just kept thinking of Ratatouille, and, you know, <laughs> I, that movie is so influential on me and the way, the way that I, I, I look at restaurants and things like that. And to me, this felt like a nice little, little compliment. Great, great double feature. Maybe right. not for kids, but definitely. For, yes. Yes. <laughs> those of us who were raised or grew up on Ratatouille, maybe, but it's also kind of interesting. I would pair this as like a great contrast with, um, Julie and Julia, for example, because I feel like in yeah. that film, you have someone who really appreciates cooking and the art of one chef's lasting legacy versus here where you have uh, a chef who feels for more or less that they are not uh that society has changed and the gifts that they are giving to the world are not being fully appreciated that more than anything they're just like a social media post or mm -hmm. a a thing for clout to say oh yes i was i dined at hawthorne i was one of the few people who got to do it but there's actually no uh, conversation about the food itself and if you actually enjoyed what you ate or if it was just you know not that great and if it was overrated you know what i'm so glad you mentioned that because there is something a, a through line that this award season has grafted to that i think is really really great and nice to see in a lot of different movies we've seen from tar to this even don't worry darling to an extent and that's I just get the sense like the social media commentary and the technology commentary is very intrinsic to the actual movie. Yeah. It doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel instantly dated. It doesn't feel pandering at all. It just sort of feels like an element of the story that you could watch this in 10 years and not cringe basically <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it's so true to like human nature and how all that stuff works. Not necessarily we're doing this because you know, it, we, we want the movie to to speak to the Gen Z people watching, right? Yeah, and it, it does it in, I would say, in subtle ways, but also not very subtle ways, too. But I feel like it finds a very good balance between the both of them where, you know, particularly with, like, Nicholas Holt's character where he is just, like, such a fanboy about all of this and, you know, wants to take the picture and everything. I love him so much. I love how much I hate him in this. I know. I really wanted to punch him so badly, but I was like, this is a sign of a very good performance. Right, right. <laughs> Somehow, not since Skins do have I felt this much. <laughs> the ire toward him somehow he finds a really good way of playing 
very bad people. And it makes me wonder, like, is he deep down this kind of person? Or is he a very, like, self-aware person <laughs> who kn knows and recognizes these types of people and just knows how to play them very well? <laughs> I, I like to think warm bodies sort of settle yes, for him, right? Like, I would too. <laughs> I like how we keep referencing movies too from very specific time period, like 2010, 2011. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's happened like four times, but uh, yeah. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, also just, I, I, she is, she has just grown so much since The Witch into becoming- A goddess. Really, I know, I've, over <laughs> the last six years, I've just, I've seen her continue to reinvent herself in yeah. so many interesting ways, not just with things like Emma and recently The Northman, but also on television shows like Queen's Gambit. Mm -hmm. She really is one of our stars, like true and blue stars. And this is just another like, yeah, you're just amazing at acting. Thanks for I, working. We yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, she has a really, really impressive uh, filmography um, in recent years. You mentioned The Witch. Um, we've got Split, Thoroughbreds. Um, what else? Emma, Queen's Gambit, obviously. Like, she just keeps doing really, really great things. And I know not a lot of people enjoy this film, but. I thought she was wonderful in Last Night in Soho. And it was just another one of those like great pieces on her. And I am excited for her and whatever else is coming up for her. And I like Furiosa, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think she's going to get an Oscar one of these days. I, oh, mean, I think it's inevitable. It yeah. is. It has to be. I want to see her and Florence Pugh do some kind of project together. Because I would that love is that two forces of nature that I just think would be incredible to see. I mean, seeing her, you know, go toe to toe with Ray Fiennes and not just hold her own, but really match him blow for blow yeah. you know, in this, in this movie. Like at no point did I feel like either actor was overshadowing the other. And yeah, it, it truly was a great promise of perhaps things to come in future projects for her. There, there were other characters in this. I love seeing John Leguizamo. thing. <laughs> I think that uh, he, he doesn't get that much to do in here, but he does get one bit involving a, a certain movie that yes. I highly appreciated. <laughs> uh, but, you know, again, though, I do think that toward the second half of the movie, I was waiting for more payoffs with his character, with the food critic character, mm. lots of them. I don't know. I, I, I felt like I was maybe missing something that maybe they took out. Maybe they decided we need to really just hone in on what's working with this movie and, and leave all of that to, uh, to bed here. But, I don't want to say any more because then I would probably be giving a, a little bit too much away. <laughs> uh, I guess then maybe that's our, our cue to get into our, you know, the dessert course of this. Yes. Morning. Yes. And, Put the bib uh, on. <laughs> although uh, maybe we should uh, first play. I, I don't think we had the rotten tomatoes game the last time you were on the show. Emma. No, so, I don't think so. Okay. But this is perfect. This is perfect. So I get to spring this on you without you being prepared. <laughs> um, so every week, Will and I play something called the Rotten Tomatoes game where it's very simple. He tries to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. Sometimes he's seen the Rotten Tomatoes score, but it changes. So he kind of has to weigh that, right? Uh, I don't know if that's the case with you unless you looked at it like right before. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we could maybe see if uh, how good your guessing is, how much you're in tune with the critics. And we look at the, the Rotten Tomatoes score, the audience score. We also look at the cinema score and the letterboxed average rating. So are, are you ready for this? Want to give I a shot? I think so. Okay. I think I saw a few days ago, so I have seen a little bit of the cine of the score, um, and I think I saw at that time that it was like ninety percent for Rotten Tomatoes. 
Oh, it's so close. So close. We have 206 reviews counted. And yeah, I think it changed very soon after you must have looked at it. Because it. now it's down to 89. Oof. So close. So Darn. Close. <laughs> down a little bit. I'm a little disappointed. I think I am it, too. It's still certified fresh, I think, for good reason. I good. think this is just such a satisfying movie. I mean, it's just so easy to recommend. It has dark stuff in it that could be triggering for some people. But I think, uh, yeah, for most people, it should be very accessible, especially for a searchlight uh, movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, audience score. We have 500 plus verified ratings. Audience score is always hard. Kind of have to just do a shot in the dark. But yeah, what do you think? Audience score, um, maybe like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it positive. I'm gonna say like 92. percent It's actually a lot lower. It's 79. No. What? I don't know what is going on with oh, audiences. Man. I I'm very confused because I feel like it's such a crowd pleasing kind of movie, but people were laughing in my theater. I mean, I watched Same, it on yeah. Friday night and people were really eating it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you got way more of those in the tank. Um, yeah, I really do. We we gotta stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's working so far. Okay, cinema score. This is always an interesting one. Um, this is usually just the people in Las Vegas. We always got to take that into account. Uh, what do you what do you think the cinema score is? Out of a hundred. Uh, it's, oh, this, it's going to be like letter grades. So letter A grades. plus to F. Um, maybe A minus. It's a B. Ugh. I'm, I, and a B is really bad. I'm like, flopping today. Well, I don't think it's your fault. I think it's something's going on with audiences. It's the audiences. Um, <laughs> they are, their eyes are bigger than their stomachs or something. I don't it know. seems like it. Um, okay. And then letterboxed. So for letterboxed. We have 60,000 people have watched it. That's pretty on par for most movies we talk about. It's pretty good. Um, from zero to five decimal points, of course, what do you think the average rating is for the menu? Um, maybe like 3.8. Oh, that, Emma, that's spot on. Oh my God. That's 100%. You got it in the very end. I, did, sort of I did not out. look. I promise <laughs> you, I did not look. I decided to go a little bit less, lesser on that one. This makes sense to me because I, it seems to me like your your finger is really on the pulse of Letterboxd. I mean, that's where all the kids put their fingers. That's where the cool kids are. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I keep saying, you know, Twitter goes down. This is the, the social media side I want to hang out in. You know? I mean, I just love it. I love reading people's thoughts on movies. I love seeing what everybody is seeing. And then mm-hmm. it honestly sometimes inspires me to like go and watch either some older films or revisit some. So I appreciate that. I love everybody who I follow. And thank you to all those who follow me and listen to my ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more. It's a it's a wonderful place. It's uh, if it had like a Twitter feed, if all film Twitter could just be on there, I think it would be actually it would be heaven. Right. So absolutely. Um, in my opinion. All right. Well, let's let's get into a spoiler section here for the menus. We're going to talk about the ending. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. So if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know any of these sorts of things, this is your chance to leave the restaurants. We'll give you 45 seconds. Bye bye. <laughs> uh, just kidding. It won't be 45 seconds. That's just a reference to the movie. We're just going to do it now. OK, <laughs> so, yeah, I I'm so torn on this ending because I do think it's it's kind of predictable and. I was just waiting for more. I, I was waiting for like a reveal or something to really make me feel like, oh, that's why they're doing this. And it just ended up being like, no, we're just kind of unhinged. Yeah, and that was tough. That was tough. Yeah, I would agree. I that's why I said, like, I wish that there was like any indication of who any of these chefs were behind the kitchen, because like, mm-hmm. why are you just 100 percent into this idea of like going 
like of all hell breaking loose, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I certainly have I've, I so I've talked to a few people about this because there there have been people that I've disagreed with actually in defending the movie because they've sort of been like, yeah, I, I don't get like why they don't fight back, why they don't try to why they don't try to escape, and I actually thought the movie did a really good job of setting that up. Yeah, why and it, it, watching somebody have their hand cut off. And yeah, we're dealing we're dealing with people who are very selfish, who are very self-serving, who probably w- don't want to rely on anyone else. So yeah, it actually did make, I think the movie made like a good bit of effort to explain why they would just sort of like be reluctant to their fate, honestly. Yeah. And the only person who seems to really be trying is Margot. Yeah. And I mean, and we definitely did see her try and it didn't work out, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. kind of seems she was the only one. I mean, we did see some people trying to like, break through the glass or run away right. and stuff and you just cannot be out the chefs will just outsmart you time right. and time again <laughs> they have knife skills uh, they those, do those bodyguards on the sides were very intimidating for sure so uh, i mean like yeah. for myself i am a five foot three petite woman i don't really know where i would go <laughs> other than just curl up into a ball and hope that nobody sees me or like crawl into something and just be like okay hopefully this is good enough <laughs> right i i honestly don't know what i would have done in that situation because i don't think i like i would have probably looked around and been like all oh, these people are gonna just mess this all up if I, yeah. tried. <laughs> so I don't know if i can um i probably would have tried to at least i and now i'm speculating weird things but like i probably would have tried at least something on the head chef you know mm. like take him hostage or something i don't know i feel like maybe something like that would have made some sense but now we just kind of you know they're too afraid to get their hands cut off which i get yeah and then when we do kind of see what uh direction uh margo takes it in which can we say eventually it does kind of lead to a happier ending for her? Mm-hmm. Um, at first I was a little confused by it because I, I did see the whole newspaper article that she was looking at. I don't know. I, at first I was just kind of confused and I guess later on I was like, Oh, okay. He's finally getting somebody who will actually comment on the food, whether it's good or bad. And that's what he's wanted this entire time. Um, but I guess just in the moment, it wasn't inherently clear to me. I don't know if that was the same experience for you or if I just, if it just kind of went over my head at first. Yeah. My, my takeaway was there's that thing that he says to her earlier in the movie that he hasn't enjoyed making something for somebody in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the connection she's making. She sees him smiling in that photo, making hamburgers. Yeah. And I think it clicks for her that the way to get this guy to sort of put something on the menu that will satisfy him is if he gets to make one last dish that makes somebody happy. Yeah. And I think he probably would have had her stay there, but I think she was just smart enough to be like, I want it to go. Is that, that okay? I think that that's like, I don't know. I do think that's a little bit clever. Like it's not 10 Cloverfield Lane clever, where I right. feel like the protagonist is awesome, but um, she <laughs> certainly is, I don't know, trying. <laughs> like she didn't yeah. just sort of like sit there and wait. Yeah. Well, that makes much more sense to me because I actually did not uh, put that together. Um, I also, I I wondered like at first, was he like not good at making cheeseburgers and like (laughs) he like learned the art of making cheeseburgers at first and she was going, actually at first I thought she was going to entirely diss his cheeseburger and say that it was absolutely terrible. Um, So maybe Emma just needed to (laughs) rewatch that portion of the film more. (laughs) I think, I think, yeah, it's, 
it help it definitely serves what the movie is saying overall right about right. sometimes food is just food and yeah. if you make it with love like she says i mean some of that stuff was a little bit cheesy no pun intended and yeah <laughs> I, I i do think that the movie lands those punches thematically in other ways like there's that whole thing where nicholas holt's character is forced to like make a dish be like oh you know so much about this sort of thing and it definitely struck me it's like you know that kind of person who thinks they know everything about mm-hmm. you know making a movie or making a tv show <laughs> i think that was mark Milik sort of being like yeah, you don't know anything. You don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and it's sort of like, there is, it's, it's this knee jerk sort of, you can't control like art, right? And sometimes yeah. art is messy and it, there's not a science to it. And so you kind of just have to go for it. And like, there's true artists and then there is a little bit of a gatekeepiness to it, but I think that makes it kind of interesting, honestly. Yeah. Um, is there anything else about the ending? I was confused about why they did the whole song and dance about the guy on the ferry. It's like, why did they even have to do that? Like, <laughs> if it was just, it's just for fun. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, just another level to like mess with people. It's like, that's the thing is like, is that, that's part of the menu is like hope toward the end. <laughs> it's so mean. You definitely get the sense. I, I forgot to mention this is uh, produced by Adam McKay and uh, Betsy Koch and Will Ferrell. So there's, there is a little bit of that sort of, uh, you know, comedic team behind this, but they also do things that aren't just comedic, like uh, Spirited, which is uh, on Apple TV+. Plus. I keep recommending Spirited on the show because I actually thought it was pretty good. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. I actually haven't had a chance to see it yet. That's yet another thing that I need to add on the watch list, but it that's is, good to and know. It's a long one, too. It's like over two hours, oh, but dang. it's like strangely better than it deserves to be. So I don't want to hype it up too much. I probably am already. Oops. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is, a, I think, Gary Sanchez Productions is one of the production companies. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of this movie. I think it's quite good. I, I, those are my only, like, criticisms. Otherwise, pretty great. Yeah, I mean, aside from me, not 100% uh, understanding <laughs> everything in the ending, but thank you for clarifying that. And I do think, you know, uh, the point that I made about, like, finally somebody standing up to him and, like, giving him a little pushback, actually being a real person and talking about food versus just the taking a social media picture and posting it, I think also that kind of, I'm sure goes into that conversation as well and he actually seemed to appreciate somebody actually telling him something giving him some type of feedback right and who isn't just a sycophant yes because like and there is that strange thing too i was like why was nicholas holt taking pictures then if he knew they were all gonna die yeah and i did love that reveal though that whole thing where it he actually brought them like oh my gosh like it's great because you have all those red flags with him yeah and it's like what is wrong with this guy? And then it, it, that comes together really well. Yeah, that reveal. And then I guess Anya's reveal too, in terms of like, she doesn't even know that guy. Right. It was just, you know, she she's part of the service industry herself. So the film does a very good job in terms of like, just slowly revealing details. And I really do enjoy movies like that, where you're just basically like, oh my God, they, <laughs> they did like give, leave us a few crumbs here and there to better understand this but it all comes right. together right now couldn't agree more um, so that is the menu it is now playing in theaters definitely a good thanksgiving movie probably not for the kids but uh, <laughs> it's it's a good movie it's a, and it's tight just 106 minutes very good very breezy watch uh, when it's all said and done 
It's a $30 million budget, and it's doing okay at the box office, $16.2 million as of this recording. So it, it should essentially break even, I think, if it keeps on. Although it is a very crowded movie environment at the moment. Lots of stuff it coming is. out. So It is. Yeah, yeah. But it's perfect for Thanksgiving, I think. And I think I it, it is... It is one of those movies that really does appeal to lots of different people because there are a lot of people who will enjoy the sort of like, you know, taking the piss out of, you know, people who like fancy restaurants, foodies and all that, but also the foodies themselves who are not afraid to have a little bit of fun with that, that whole world. So exactly. If you enjoy deliciously diabolical feasts, then you will love this one. (laughs) All right, Emma, before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug this week that you've been working on? People can check out uh, some of your work. You know what? I recently had a number of different reviews come go up on Next Best Picture and Oscar Central. Um, so you can check them out there. I'm always posting them on Twitter too. So if you follow me on Emma underscore Sasek on Twitter, you can keep up with me there. And then of course on Letterboxd as well. I'm always updating reviews and watching stuff constantly. So um, if you enjoy the movie watching journey, you can always rely on that with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. And we'll, of course, link to your Twitter as well in the show notes. So listeners can go check out everything you're working on. We'll be back, of course, for our main episode uh, coming up soon, our 300th episode. It's going to be a good one. We don't even know for sure what's going to happen. So uh, (laughs) stay tuned for that.